If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of AMA. I'm your host, Tom Billy, and I'm going to be taking your questions. By the way, as always, if you want to have one of your questions read, simply submit them to connect at impacttheory.com. Again, that's connect at impacttheory.com. And our boy Chase is going to go through those, pick out the most amazing ones, and then that's what I'll be answering for you. And by the way, in case you didn't already know, Impact Theory is making good on our promise to be a full-fledged content studio, our first comic book in association with Steve Aoki, the world-famous DJ, was announced yesterday. It's called Neon Future after his albums, and I am so hyped on this thing. I think you guys are gonna love it, if, of course, you're into storytelling and comics. Uh, but check it out. You can see it at, at ITComics, or you can go to comics.impacttheory.com and learn all about it. It drops October 4th at New York City Comic Con. So be sure, come by the booth if you're gonna be in New York and you have any interest in uh, what we're doing on the studio side. But yes, that is part of the master plan. So. Check it out. All right, first question is from Taryn Wright. Finances have always been my biggest struggle. For some reason, I don't believe that I deserve financial success, even though I have been putting in the work. How do I change my limiting beliefs surrounding money and what I deserve to make? All right, beliefs can actually be solved with a really simple strategy, which is repetition. So simply repeating in your head things like, I'm not going to hold myself back anymore. I'm not gonna have these limiting beliefs. I absolutely deserve to make money, have success, whatever it is that you're struggling with, and just repeat that. And at first it's gonna feel stupid. You're not gonna believe it at all. But there is just something weird about repetition. It will actually sink in. There's this whole study that was done on things that seem familiar are more likely to be perceived as true. Things that rhyme, oddly enough, are more likely to be perceived as true. So if you can come up with something that rhymes with your name, I'm trying to think of something really fast, but sadly I am just a little too slow. Uh, but coming up with some phrase around money that rhymes and you repeat is literally a double whammy. And I know how dumb that sounds, but think about how many phrases have survived for hundreds, if not thousands of years, probably not thousands, sorry, I exaggerate that, but hundreds of years because they just get repeated. They rhyme, they have a rhythm to them, they're easy to remember because of that. Start doing that in your own head, start saying it out loud to other people, and you're gonna see that slowly that limiting belief is really gonna go away. And then also have just a fiendish focus on, you're only gonna be financially successful, not just by putting in the work, but by actually getting results. So focus yourself around that, always be willing to change, learn new things in order to get where you wanna go, and then, 
Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of things. I don't know your situation, but things like if you're not able to progress in the company that you're in, is there another company that you could go to where you could progress there? Looking for opportunities like that. Is there something you want to start, a side hustle, whatever, uh, to find ways to actually generate more money? All right, Mitchell Lawrence. I'm 27 years old and I feel that I'm too old to... I had to go back and read the age because I thought, did I misread that? Uh, I'm 27 years old practically an infant. My brain only stopped developing two years ago. Okay, that's not in the question. Uh, and feel that I am too old to accomplish anything now as I feel you to be seen now as I feel you need to be seen. We've got some typos here. Um, I feel you, I'm just going to read it as is and see if I can figure it out. I feel you to be seen. You have to be younger to get a scene or hired for a new career. So I, I Ballparking it, I feel like you have to be younger in order to get hired for a new career. That's my guess. Uh, what can I do? I feel like I am not past it to do something new in my life to stop the feeling that I don't have a chance to succeed if I try and start a new career. Okay, so let's break it down. One, you're insanely young, so we need to work just on your frame of reference because you're, you're dealing with something that really is real, and I'm gonna say probably starts in your mid-40s to early 50s is when people really start having a, they, in fact, I won't even say that. The, their preconceived notion before you begin speaking is that you are older, that you probably lack vitality, but the reality is lean in, don't tell anyone here, but I'm surrounded by a bunch of young whippersnappers. I'm talking kids in their like early 20s in some cases, and I outwork every last motherfucker here. I put in more hours, I go harder, I have more energy, more enthusiasm, so, and I'm 42. So it definitely isn't your age. There may be perceptions working against you, but if you come in and you have more energy, more vitality, more enthusiasm, more passion, and most importantly, more skills, which that should be compounding as you age, because even if you weren't learning the exact right thing when you were younger, everything you learn, no matter from what discipline, is gonna compound on itself and stack, make you wiser, make you more capable of doing something now. As you get older, and anybody out there listening to this, I really hope I have some people out there in, my, in the 60s, 70s if we can take it. If you stay fresh in your way of thinking, no matter how old you get, if you can cultivate that vitality, if your mind is sharp, and you're thinking about new shit, and you're pushing yourself, and you're not stuck in some dogmatic loop of things you've been thinking since you were in your 20s, and then people are gonna to turn to you for advice. I just interviewed an incredible human being. This guy's mind is whip it sharp. 71, 72, guy named Michael Ovitz. Anybody that's roughly my age and had any even vague interest in the film business will know exactly who Michael Ovitz is. And at one point he was known as the most powerful man in Hollywood. And let me tell you, even in his 70s, he had just had a knee replacement. He was moving slowly. His mind was there. And so talking to him and seeing how sharp he still was and seeing how he's reinventing himself. So starting in his 60s, I think, he went to Silicon Valley and started reinventing himself there. I mean, it's just absolutely extraordinary. So you're only going to get pigeonholed, seem too old at like first glance. If, if no matter how old you are, because let me tell you, I would sit at Warren Buffett's feet, homeboy is in his 80s. I would sit at his feet with a desperate desire to learn because he's pushed himself, 
He's gotten extraordinary at something. He is thinking very deeply about things. He's always looking to challenge his own thinking so that he can get better and better and better. And so age isn't just a number. Age is about vitality. Age is about energy levels. Age is about what you know and what you're capable of. Because look, in fact, lean in. A little secret for you. Everyone around you is terrifyingly selfish. And that is the best news ever. The reason it's good news is they want something from you. They want to improve their lives. They want to get better. They want a, a feeling. They want you to help them feel better about themselves. They want you to help paint a vision of where they could go and what they could do. If you can make people feel better about themselves when they're around you, forget you. If you can make them feel better about themselves when they're around you, no matter how old you get, you will be surrounded by people. No matter how old you get, if you're extraordinary at your craft, people are going to want to be around you because they want to get good at it. The problem is people get stale, but you can get stale at 27 and you can be vital at 87. So this all comes down to how you manage your time, what you get good at and how you push yourself. Yeah. Next question. Melissa LaCour. There is a lot of talk about having a routine both morning and night to build positive momentum towards a healthy lifestyle and achieving goals, etc. But do you have any advice for those of us with constantly changing work schedules like working night shift one day and a day shift another? In my case, restaurant management, it is tough to keep chasing my dreams on the side and I know having a constantly changing schedule is slowing down my momentum. So I was wondering if there are any hacks you've thought of. Yes, quit your job. The, the, you need only read about cancer studies on people on swing shift to understand that this is not a tenable long-term solution. There's very few things that I would do even in the short term that would cycle my schedule like that, that I would keep up with. They do happen. I totally get it, but it is not a healthy long-term strategy. So go look up cancer rates for people that have swing shifts. Uh, you will see not not a good scene. If you're going to stay in that, you're going to have to become an absolute master of circadian rhythms because if your time is fluctuating like that, getting into a rhythm A is going to be hard. B, maintaining optimal energy and cognitive function is going to be brutally difficult. And in fact, I'm going to say it's going to edge up on impossible. So quit. That is my super fast hack for getting out of being in something that is absolutely atrocious for you. Um, beyond that, do I have anything that's useful for you in the remaining time? No, it would all come around identity and discipline and fighting through fatigue. And here's the thing, this morning I had this wave of arrogance. It was so beautiful. I wish you guys could have been there for it. <laughs> what happened was yesterday somebody asked me, uh, in the mornings, are you groggy in the gym? And I was like, yes. And they said, well, how long are you groggy for? And I said, probably about until the second set. And they said, whoa, what do you have to say to yourself to keep going? And the honest answer was, I don't have to say shit because I have spent so long managing and building and propping up my identity to be a certain kind of person for myself so that I feel a certain way. Like right now, I'm having so much fun answering this question because I know I am who I say I am. I know that this morning when no one was looking and when I was really fucking tired because yesterday was a bloodbath. It was just exhausting. But this morning, no matter how tired I was, I was getting out of bed in 10 minutes or less. That's just it. That's what I do. That's who I am. So I got out of bed on time and I went to the gym 
and I worked out and despite being groggy and tired, I just go. It's not even like I consider not going to the gym because I'm tired. And that feeling feels so good of knowing I'm not going to disappoint myself. I'm not going to let myself down. So you'd have to develop all of that to deal with the fatigue that comes with the swing shift. And I'll tell you right now, it's a hell of a lot easier to quit your job and to build in this, the foundation of what can later become the sense of pride and joy and wonderment of always doing what you say you're gonna do. But start with the easy stuff. Lior Mammon. I am such a slow talker and never find the right words to express myself. I can really see how it affects my everyday life in a negative way, whether it's with girls, business contacts, friends and family. They automatically take away my authority and nobody takes me seriously like that. How can I learn to talk as fast as you and get my brain more active? This is amazing. I love this question. Okay, so here it is. I did not used to be able to talk this fast. I didn't used to be able to read at 3x. People will now get in my car. They'll hear um, Audible going at 3x and they'll be like, how on earth are you able to understand that? And they think there's something special about me, when in truth, there is not. Remember, I got a 990 on my SATs and I took it twice. So the reality is I just was so embarrassed by who I was that I decided I was gonna put in an extraordinary, extraordinary amount of work to get better. And so there are times, AMAs are a great example, where I'll sit down and show up to do these and I can just feel my brain is moving so slowly right now. And all I want to do is talk slowly. But in those moments, I force myself to talk faster and I'll adjust my posture, I'll bring my chin down, I narrow my eyes, and I just start thinking about being intense. And I embody intensity and then I force myself to start speaking faster. And as I do that, I can feel my brain speeding up. And because I've done that day after day after day after day for decades, now people just think that I talk fast. So, and by the way, I'm not even necessarily saying that talking fast hits everybody in the right way, but I did an episode where I talk slowly and I said, do you guys like this better? I didn't hear shit. So I'm guessing that people either don't care or it certainly isn't better. Um, although if I talk slower on Facebook, the videos perform better. So I don't know. Maybe you guys here in the podcast are just faster thinkers. I don't know. But uh, if you want to get faster, it all comes down to practice, as with everything. And I would push yourself to listen to things faster as well. And then remember, every encounter with a girl, at the job, whatever, they're all opportunities to practice. So as you meet that person, you're going to practice speaking faster. So, and you're going to fuck it up a lot, and you're going to embarrass yourself a lot. But on a long enough timeline, you become a beast. So focus on that long timeline. Be willing to face the little embarrassments along the way, knowing that you're building towards something. Derek Lewis. I'm constantly tired after work, but by the time I get home to work on myself and my goals, I find myself falling asleep, constantly in the middle of my tasks. I have a schedule, I know what needs to be done, but I find it hard to stay awake, even with a seven hours of sleep. Did you ever deal with this? And if so, how did you handle it? Yes, there have been periods in my life where I've been terrifyingly fatigued. Here's what you're gonna do. First of all, you're going to prioritize the things that are going to keep you from feeling fatigued. They are in order. Number one, get sleep. So if seven hours ain't cutting it, get eight, get nine, do whatever you need. Because remember, you're falling asleep in the middle of the things you're trying to accomplish. So the seven hours just ain't working for you. But I think we actually have more issues going on. But first, let's start with sleep. Second, diet. Get your diet right. Now, by right, I'm just gonna give you really basic shit. I don't need a whole bunch of hate mail because I've left out a thousand things. But the basics, 
No more sugar, zero, zip, zilch. The only sugar you're gonna take is naturally occurring in whole foods. You're gonna eat whole foods and that's it. You're going to include some, I'm gonna say, animal protein. We're gonna eat some animals here and a whole lot of vegetables. If you start doing that, just like at a really high level, that already is gonna do you wonders. No alcohol, by the way, and no drugs. I don't know if you smoke weed. You wanna talk about something that'll make you lethargic. I smoked weed a couple times. That shit is ridiculous. I do not understand. For three days after, I felt more lethargic. It was pure insanity. And I think the people smoke a lot, they just don't realize that they live in this chronic state of subperformance. But I digress. So you're gonna do all of those things. Then you're gonna start working out. Working out is going to change your ATP machines, which is the mitochondria in your cells. ATP is the energy that your body lives off of. So you're going to get really good at generating ATP. You're going to get your mitochondria healthy. You're probably going to produce more mitochondria. There's going to be an increased mitochondrial density. Um, and that's going to allow you to just feel better, feel more energetic. Now I find working out sucks and it makes me really tired, except on the long run. On the long run, I feel way better and I actually get fatigued less. It's super weird and counterintuitive, but nonetheless true. If you do those things, you're already way ahead of the game. Then I'm going to say, start meditating. It's awesome. While not necessarily energizing, it's gonna keep you from burning unnecessary, unnecessary cycles on worry, on anxiety, on stress. That'll be huge. And then last but not least, do you first. So wake up early, which yes, may mean that you go to work, you get off, let's say at 6 p.m., you come home at 7, and you go to bed at 7.30. If that's what you have to do, then that's what you have to do. Then, even if you, you know, get like nine hours of sleep, you still have several hours before you have to go back to work, and you're gonna spend those times doing the workout, doing the meditation, and then doing these things that you really wanna do. That way, you're taking care of your personal investment first before your job investment. So get after it. All right, Mo Salim, in your interview with Ed Milet, when you brought up that moment when your father-in-law was brought to tears made me shed a tear as well, making me realize the power of your communication. At this point, you are able to flow in effortless ease, but I'm wondering what daily practices we can implement in order to increase the effectiveness of our communication skills as well. Okay, so first of all, um, going back to what I was saying earlier about learning how to talk fast. So I taught myself how to read fast, which, and by read, I mean listen, I'm listening to audiobooks. Um, and then I forced myself to begin talking faster, which really forced me to get more concise with my ideas. And the one thing that I would say I still struggle with this to this day is I love tangents. I love them. They give me this like neurological bath that I can't quite explain, but having to really root those out of my life and not continuing to go down all these different branches and really teach myself to speak directly and concisely. And it's something that you can practice at even in just normal conversations with your friends. So practice and then evaluate. And then in any high stakes moment where there's gonna be emotion, if you know that you messed it up, leverage that pain to really reflect on how you could be better and then ask people how you could be better. So when you're talking to someone, ask them, hey, what are you know things about my way of speaking that you don't resonate with or my way of speaking that you do resonate with? Really be open to hearing that. Don't let it hurt your self-esteem. Um, and then practice telling stories. The one in particular that you're referring to, stories are really, really powerful because they have the ability to tap into emotion in a way like this 
AMA does not because I'm not doing storytelling. So, and hey, for anybody wondering, that's exactly why impact theory is broken into two sides. We've got the nonfiction, which is what we're doing now, what I call direct to camera, where I'm literally just speaking and directly answering your questions. There's no storytelling, it's just you and me and information. And then we're into the narrative world where we can really deal in the world of emotion because by giving you things that are emotional, you're more likely to remember them internalize them and thusly act upon them later. So that's our whole part of the strategy. That, that literally, that two-pronged approach is actually the impact theory. Um, so dig it. All right, Carla Mongeraz. Yeah. I'm 18 years old with the ambition to start a podcast where I talk about body language, why we say the things we say, how we communicate effectively, and why the metaphor argument is war physically impacts us without realizing it. Because of my young age, I might lose credibility in what I speak. How do I overcome this issue? How can I show credibility to my audience so that they will listen? Okay, so your focus is in the wrong place. I love where your heart's at. You want to put this together and share with people the things you know, but the reality is that Anyone will listen to anyone of any age if they are astonishing. So what you need to be focusing on is not getting people to listen, but getting astonishing. Once you become astonishing, once people are left with their jaws on the floor, when they hear you talk about this stuff, you won't have to ask people to listen. They're going to seek you out. So I find the biggest problem with young people, they all want someone to listen rather than focusing obsessively, maniacally, on becoming worth listening to. So focus on becoming worth listening to. Everything else will take care of itself. So if you, and I don't mind you doing it through a podcast, just know that nobody, not a lot of people, it's not gonna be about the numbers for you, that's the best way to say it. Not a lot of people are gonna come and listen, but it's gonna give you a chance to practice and you're gonna get better every time. And so it will pay off, it just will take longer than any of us want to, but you've gotta be going all in, all out every day to get extraordinary for it to pay off even in the long run. All right. Div Yashri. Tambade, Div Yashri Tambade. That's a cool ass name. Hi Tom, I wanted to know how you manage your sleep. I don't have a very good sleep schedule. I snooze the alarm clock a lot and feel like a zombie some days. How do you wake up without an alarm clock and how do you know if you are well rested? Because sometimes when I do wake up naturally, I still feel sleepy. Okay, so uh, first thing, yes, like you said, I sleep without an alarm clock so I get as much sleep as I need. The way that I, um, am able to get away with as little sleep as I get and is also tied to the reason that even though I don't use an alarm, I usually only sleep probably, I go through phases. Right now I'm in a hardcore five to six hour phase. I am not getting more than six hours, even on the weekends. But it's that twofold thing. One, even though if I were bored, I would probably feel fatigue. I am so fucking on fire for what we're building. I so believe in what we're building and I'm so challenged by how big and audacious our goal is to build the next Disney and I know nobody believes in me. I think they all think I'm a fool and that this is never gonna happen and that feeds me and makes me wanna do it all the more, which I love. I love leaning into that because there's no like ugliness in that for me. I just think it's fun. This is as humans, this is what we get to do. We get to see how much we can make come true in our lives. And here's the backstop that I have. Even if I don't make anything come true, even if I fall on my fucking face, like I love the trying. It's the being willing to give it a shot in all sincerity, not holding back, not thinking I'm gonna fail, but really going after it. I'm okay if I fail. None of that is tied up in my self-esteem. So whether I make it or not is totally irrelevant. I love 
the act of trying to solve these big business problems. I love dreaming massively and then seeing if I can do it. And I'm very okay if I can't, but I'm really gonna take a sincere step every day to identify where I'm weak, where I'm not yet good enough, yet good enough, and see if I can get good enough. And I have thought about that process so much, I've invested in making sure that my identity is tied up in just being willing to do the process, regardless of the outcome, that this is all fun for me. So when I wake up, I'm groggy as hell, but I am up because part of my brain just doesn't wanna stop thinking about this cool shit that we're doing. And my obsession with momentum and that I'm doing something I love, all of that. All right, I'll just keep going in a loop. That's how you do it. So even, I'll, I'll give you a super quick example. I can't stop myself. So um, I used to go get my haircut and I would be sitting in the chair literally. And there were times where I would, my head would bob while they were cutting my hair because I was bored. And so finally I was like, I have to work even while they're cutting my hair. And so now that I just work through the entire time that they're cutting my hair and I, maybe it makes for a worse haircut, I don't know, because my head is slightly down and I'm just totally in on what I'm doing. Um, I don't even think about it. Don't miss a beat, never miss a step. Um, so yeah, there it is. Fall in love with what you do and fatigue becomes less and less of an issue. All right, thank you guys for joining me. I love doing these. They put me in a certain neurochemical state, which I'm grateful for. Um, I hope that they're adding value. That is like the deepest desire in my life. And then if I may again, beat the drum. We have finally announced all the way out our first fiction project, which is a comic book called Neon Future in conjunction with the world famous DJ Steve Aoki. It has been an amazing collaboration. I'm beyond proud of this. We're also working with the Eisner award-winning writer, Jim Kruger. The project's awesome. The, the art is amazing. The coloring is ridiculous. And the guy doing the coloring is actually in-house, an amazing gentleman named Abe Lee. Um, he's just insane. And we're putting together an army of people that are gonna help us create what I hope is the next generation of culture-defining content that will give people an empowering mindset. All right, that's it. Go check it out at IT Comics. And if you're gonna be around New York on October 3rd, 4th, 5th, Nope, 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th. It'd be awesome to see you at booth 236. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.